Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the April 19th, 2009 broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, that's me, and usually Annette, but tonight Annette's not here. She um, she had a family commitment, and she called me about a half hour ago saying, <laughs> having a heck of a time with the traffic and that. I said, relax, because I figured, why well, I asked nicely, and... <laughs> <laughs> She's here to join us tonight, my wife, Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hello, everyone. And yes, he did ask nicely. Yeah. Sort of. Bagged. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she likes calling in and being on the show as a call-in. And, but tonight I figured just because of the topic and that, it would be good to have both, even though that's not here, both uh, male and female um, hosting the show. Tonight's broadcast is suggested for mature audiences as the topic is Tantra and its use as a powerful, if not ultimate magic. And our guests that we will bring on in a couple minutes are authors Mark Michaels and Patricia Dick Johnson. And uh, before we get to them, I'd like to say, listeners, on Saturday, May 9th, we'll be providing a special night, a walkthrough a spiritual area, Annette and I will, near the Indiana Dunes. And we will assist individuals who participate in opening up and experiencing the spiritual side. Uh, For more details on that, go to our website, edwardshanahan.com or hauntedhistoriclocations.com. And I will be doing public readings with my readings in the round this coming Thursday night, starting at 7.30 p.m. at Cigars and Stripes in Berwyn, Illinois, 6715 West Ogden Avenue, Berwyn, Illinois. That is Thursday, April 23rd. More details at edwardshanahan.com. Plus, listeners, as you know, I do entertaining house parties and that, and Annette and I have been picking up house parties in the northwest Indiana area. Let's go to the same website to uh, get more information. And Paranormal TV 24-7 is up and running with over now seven hours of programs just for the month of April. Just go to theunexplainedworld.com and you will see the link to it on the bottom of the page. And also at the site, information on exposure for either your website or videos can be found there. Kathy, how are you doing? You are... Uh, Getting comfortable? I'm very comfortable and ready to go. Okay. I think tonight's going to be a fun night. Oh, yeah, it will be. Um, you know me, I'm 
you know, when I'm set on doing things one way and get thrown off, it's I'm thrown off a little. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll work it through. Uh, let's bring in our yeah. Let's bring in our guests right now. Let's click on the on our microphone. Okay. Hello, Mark and Patricia. Is there? Yeah, Hi. we're here. Hi, Ed. How are you guys doing? Very good. That's Welcome. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Um, the lady in the background is my wife, Kathy, and I couldn't be here if you heard because uh, of a family commitment and trying to get back home in time. She called me, and she asked, you know, she says she's sorry she can't be here tonight. It doesn't happen that often, but it did happen today, and sometimes things like that happen. Uh, Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson are authors of the book Tantra for the Erotic Empowerment and the Essence of Tantric Sexuality. Um, would one of you tell our listeners, myself, I've talked to you already a little. Kathy hasn't. She was uh, kind of a last-minute thing. A little bit about what Tantra is before we discuss using it as magic. Sure. I mean, there there are a few different ways that we like to define Tantra, um, one of which is kind of our quick soundbite definition, which is that Tantra is an ancient Indian tradition that recognizes sexual energy as a source of personal and spiritual empowerment. Now, in that um, definition, when we talk about sexual energy, it may or may not refer to sexual activity per se, but it really is about the energy that that brings us into the world. As, a life force. Yeah, and that's something that we can harness and work with and use to evolve personally and spiritually. Uh, so um, kind of a quick quick definition. We can get into a little more complexity in a moment if you'd like. Yeah, Mark, um, that's very interesting when you said it doesn't, you know, because some people, when they hear the word tantra, you know, automatically, boom, they think it's sex. Uh, but you just mentioned that it doesn't have to involve that. It involves the energy. Uh, can either one of you explain that a little bit more in detail? Yeah, I mean, the the, the basic concept is that um, there's in, in the tantric tradition, there's an energy called kundalini, which is seen as residing at the base of the spine. And tantric practices generally are aimed at moving that energy from a very localized uh, place at the base of the spine and bringing it up and sending it throughout the entire body, really up the spine and into the skull, ultimately, so that we're, we're moving that, that energy of sex into the rest of our body and using it to, to grow. Uh, and the fact is that most tantric practices don't involve sexual activity. There are whole schools of tantra in which there's no sexual practices at all. And only a really a small percentage of the, the classical practices do have sexual activity as a part of it. So that's why we call the uh, kundalini energy. We, we refer to it as a life force. Um, but when people start to work with this energy, some of the phenomena that accompany it include uh, feelings of heat, trembling, uh, visions, um, auditory hallucinations of sorts. You know, And if you look at all of these um, indications, bring them all together, the same thing, very same thing happens at the point of orgasm. So that's sort of a, our orgasmic response is a big explosion of our personal um, dose of life force. 
Could I ask a quick question? I just, I, I, because I, I've had just a little bit of understanding of Tantra, and um, it was my understanding, and perhaps I, I'm right in some sense, that um, it has a lot to do with utilizing all of your senses. And I don't mean, because most times most people don't utilize all of their senses at all the time. We're very visionary people, um, and we don't necessarily enjoy the feeling and the touch and the smell and the hearing and the things like that. Um, is that also a part of Tantra as well? Yes, and I mean, we, without getting into a whole uh, lengthy discussion of the chakra system, which is probably right. beyond the scope of a of a program of this type, um, there is a sense that's associated with each of the chakras. And so, uh, yes, in, in the sense that we're, we're, Tantra is about working with all of the entire chakra system, and therefore right. there's, there's going to be a sense, right. each of the senses is going to be implicated. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Well, you're, you guys have written two books, and uh, that's how I came across you. I've seen your and I believe it was YouTube uh, interview, um, erratic empowerment. What does that consist of? Well, I, it seems to me, well, that our life force is is very important to our, us, each individual, whatever your personal um, dose that you get of life force. To work with it, we see it as working with your sexual energy, um, albeit may, maybe with sexual activity or not, um, and well, the, I think he was asking about the book specifically. The book, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the um, book specifically. Yeah. Okay. Well, the 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 book Tantra for Erotic Empowerment is based on an online course that we offer uh, that we started offering about uh, eight years ago, and the responses of our students to that course were so phenomenal that we decided to expand it and and make it into a book that would function both as a workbook and as a guide to a lot of the philosophy that, that lies behind Tantra, because we didn't feel that that was something that people knew very much about. And what we tried to do was to create a, a book that would speak to people uh, about sexuality and about working consciously with sexuality to enrich their lives on a, on a multitude of levels. Uh, without getting into, you know, I mentioned the chakras before, without mm-hmm. getting into too much of the more esoteric aspects of Tantra, and give them a way in without hitting them over the head with with the more exotic aspects. Okay, okay. Kathy, feel free to jump in any time. Um, I would. I'd like to ask a quick question. All right, given the, that the, that you brought up the scope of this type of um, um, radio show and the things that they deal with on a regular basis, and and, and one of the things that I always one of the things that Ed always says all the time is that. Um, the show is about all the unexplained things. Um, how would you utilize Tantra to open someone's mind to some of the experiences like some of the, the, the people that call into the show do? Uh, it's hard, right? You know, it, it, no, it, what, it, what it does, it doesn't provide answers for unexplained things, but it gives you tools to create Altered states of consciousness, and, you and know, that's realms, exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. tools to create those realms at will, in which you have access to a sort of an, a new sense of reality and things that that aren't easy to write about or aren't easy to explain to someone else, but they're very real experiences. 
And really, I mean, the, the simplest and most core aspect of this, if we're talking about, about sex, is that through prolonging the state of sexual excitement, um, we create physiological and psychic changes in our, in our mind-body complex. If we're in a state of sexual excitement for a half an hour or more, we, we flood our system with, with a lot of uh, hormones and, and therefore create changes that give us much more ready access to mystical experiences, to altered states of consciousness. And then on a more esoteric level, it affects your energetic bodies, and in, in that you, know, you start to radiate energy in a wider realm, in a wider, wider circle, and also open up. On, on that level to more mystical experiences. And okay. so, I mean, people have probably heard about Sting and, you know, seven hours of lovemaking and all of that, and that's often what they associate with Tantra. Uh, and you it, have you to know, be making love for hours and hours. And, um, yeah, and so, they, I mean, they, there's a tendency in, in our society to, to make it into some kind of, um, you know, marathon and, and a, a, an event, a set of achievements and, and so forth. And really, it's not about that. It's about just extending this excitement phase so that we can we can change our consciousness and have access to these mystical experiences. The one thing, Mark and Patricia, that you know, I'm inter- that really caught my interest because we didn't discuss this is the non-sexual. You said, um, if I'm correct, you could create this sense without having a physical type of a encounter. I guess you would say. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the bulk of tantric practice really doesn't have to do with sexual activity per se. Okay, okay. Um, it, it deals, a lot of the practices deal with working with individual senses, and so you become... That's what's got me more amazed now. Yeah. <laughs> then, you become, and because, you know, yeah, it really does. And I think Kathy even finds a little comfort in that discussion, too. And that's um, what I was trying to get at, yeah. Yeah, yeah and because there's, you know... Um, I guess you would say more people would have an opportunity of a non-physical encounter, encounter, but would still like to, I guess you could say, experience what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, the the sexual part of it's great too, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it really is. One of our definitions of Tantra is that Tantra is the magic of transforming your consciousness and thereby transforming your entire being. Mm-hmm. So it really is its much more at, at a deeper level about working with your consciousness and exploring your consciousness deliberately than it, than it is even about, about sex. Um, so, you know, we're talking about the senses before. Uh, a lot of the meditations from the classical tradition involve working directly with the senses. So, for example, you might, if you're working with hearing, you might do a meditation where you listen to a a distant sound and try to focus your attention as fully as you can on that very distant sound for as long as you can. And And then switch your attention away from that sound and try to focus internally and shut out all sounds to the extent that you can. So um, a lot of these meditation techniques teach you is to become facile with your awareness. So you're working with um, hearing is a very good one, sense of sight. You can work with other senses. So you're working with hyper and heightened sense of awareness. 
and then withdrawing as well. So you have this wide variety of uh, access for you, available. Okay, the one that you talked about, the this, this hearing is uh, great. I understand that. How would somebody work with the sense of sight? Because there's so much, I mean, just even where I'm sitting right now, okay, there's so, do you just focus on one specific thing and, or what would you suggest? Well, you could. That? I mean, that, that just focusing on a, a single point is a, a practice called Tretok, and mm -hmm. that means tool. To gaze without blinking. To gaze without blinking. And so you uh, just pick a, an image, or um, we, we focus on each other this way by gazing into yeah. each other's eyes. But um, there's traditionally geometric representations of each of the chakras or... Um, An image of a deity or yeah. a candle flame. Candle flame is very good to practice with. That's one, and then we have another one that's very Yeah, another one that, that comes out of the Tibetan tradition, and if people are familiar with the term um, negative space, which mm -hmm. is what artists talk about when they talk about the space in between objects. And we go through life looking at things and people and really not paying very much attention to space. And this is a very simple practice which involves just switching for a moment uh, and instead of looking at a specific object, I mean, I don't know what you're looking at right now, but, um, you know, perhaps it's your telephone and your computer. And, you know, <laughs> right. it, it is a computer screen. <laughs> yeah. If instead of looking at the phone and the computer, you look at the space in between them and really keep your attention there for a couple of seconds and then just switch back to your normal way of, of looking at things, um, you may notice something interesting, and, and it may create a real shift in your in your consciousness. I'm gonna have to do that. It's very, I ain't gonna do it right now because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might be get that air for sure. It's very uh, simple, and there's there's a in the tantric tradition there's five elements that we are working with: the earth, um, water, fire, and air. And the fifth element in the, our tradition is ether or space. So that's recognized as a very important element of existence. You know, without space, without some sort of space between something sort of defining each individual object, we wouldn't implode, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. so. There, there what have either one of you? I'm, you know, I'm not going to get off subject. It basically kind of goes to the point of what you talked about the staring. Um, have you ever seen the segment with Darren Brown, where he has a stare down? Content? No, I'm not familiar with that. If Google it later tonight or tomorrow, Darren okay. Brown, and there's a stare down thing. Nobody can stare him, okay? And um, he does a little, little bit of. I guess we all have talent. Huh? <laughs> he, well, he's he's a hypnotist and stuff like that. Mm. But he does stuff right there in right there in the public, uh, right there in a the public square, and um, invites people to come down and. Uh, he has a stare down thing. He does a little hypnotism with them in the process that they're not aware of, and you see him kind of freak out. So it's kind of cool to watch. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I yeah. should say that what we're talking about is not, it's absolutely not staring someone down. I oh, mean, I know that. I know that. But. It creates an energetic cir circuit between you and, and especially if you're looking at your beloved, um, There, there's a a cycle in which that energy is circulating and it builds. So it, it's, yeah, one, yeah, one is not 
Yeah. I, mean, I just thought you getting... might find that interesting, the stare-down thing, because you say <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's, I it mean, got... getting, getting into when we're talking about sort of the more sexual and relationship aspects of Tantra, this, this practice of, of gazing into each other's eyes is really the foundation for... I was going to ask you about that. That's what you talk about on the, on the morning talk show interview right. uh, that I see. Yeah. You want to explain it a little? It was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, just to repeat, Patricia said that this is a traditional practice called Tratak. In, in the traditional way, it usually was done focusing on a candle flame or an image of a deity. We do a kind of modern adaptation of it. And, and Tantra, another aspect, is about worshiping your partner as an embodiment of the divine. And so we're performing Tratak on each other. Right now. Right now. <laughs> it's a very simple procedure. I focus my attention on my right eye, and I look into Patricia's left. And I do the same. I'm uh, focusing on my right eye and looking into Mark's left eye. And we're face-to-face, and we're just gazing softly into each other's eyes. It's not a stare-down. It's just a soft gaze. And although the word means to gaze without blinking, it really means that you should try to inhibit the blinking reflex as much as you can, but not to stare. So we just stay in that, in that place, and we gaze into each other's eyes. And what will happen is that over a minute or two, we'll start to breathe in sync, all of our physiology will start to harmonize. Our, our moods will, will start to match up because we're, we're not consciously trying to read each other's faces, but we end up kind of mirroring each other. And mm-hmm. You quickly enter a meditative state. Yeah, very quickly. Very nice. It's very comfortable and, and um, very open feeling. And but this I, is what If you're doing that right now, I've got to say, though, during the meditative state, state you guys are talking pretty well. <laughs> yeah. well I, had to, I had to look away from her, actually, because <laughs> okay. if we really were doing it full on, we would get nonverbal pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, you want to come downstairs and uh, try it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this is really, it's a very important thing, and, you know, people, people can accept or reject um, what we're saying about Tantra, but this is really, there's sound physiological and psychological reasons why this practice works and there are reasons why every couple should do it you know when we're first falling in love we we do this at second nature we don't even think about it we're you know we're actually kind of probably more often than not kind of sitting across the table from each other and just making googly eyes and not really even talking necessarily what happens with a lot of couples is they get familiar with each other, they stop doing it. And we find often with couples that have been together for years, they can't look yeah, at each other almost, in the eye. They start to giggle or they um, a little bit, like, you're not doing it right. They start to bicker a little bit. It's, but, but what's amazing is that it is so powerful and really it reawakens those wonderful feelings of falling in love, the goosebumps and the amazing breathlessness and, and the wonderful warmth that, you know, was there in the beginning. You can consciously choose to recreate it again by doing this practice. And so what we tell people is do it for two or three minutes a day. Just set aside that, you know, little bit of time to, to do this. And, I, you know, it can really be transformative for a relationship. Uh, once you get once you get a little bit practiced at it and you can do it 
you know, in that formal way, you can then also start to use it in the context of, of any kind of conflict that you might be having. If you're if you as, feel as out of sync with each other or it. or uh, yeah or anything's going on, you can diffuse the conflict by taking a time out and gazing into each other's eyes for a couple of minutes. Let me write that down right now. I don't think that'll work when you're mad. So, it, well, you ha- that's why you have to practice it for a while when you're not mad, because then your body's going to start, and, and on a subtle level, you'll know what it feels like to be really connected and in sync with your partner. And I, I feel that oftentimes arguments arise just because we're energetically out of sync with each other. Really, oftentimes, things that are irritating are really meaningless when you look at how deep and rich and wonderful your love is for your partner. Now, but I don't think is, just because you argue with someone means you necessarily don't love them. It just means you have a difference of opinion. And how you approach that argument is what defines you as a loving couple and a non-loving couple. That's true. That's true. And yeah. we, we encourage couples to approach it in a non-verbal way because if you're making your point, making your argument too quickly and too um, too much off the bat, you're engaging the wrong hemisphere of your brain and the um, left brain, which really, in a sense, separates you on an energetic level as opposed to being practicing this in silence, first like a timeout, before you discuss the topic. Because what can often happen is even if you're, you know, even if you argue well, what can often happen is that you get, Polarized because what the the process of arguing involves your your as Patricia said your left brain, your logical center, and you get into a, a place of wanting to be right and wanting to prove, prove your, your point. point, and that can very often drive people apart. If and you true. if you eye but gaze, but you still need to get your point. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is if you eye gaze and you get out of that and more into your right hemisphere that's the place where you were when you were falling in love. That's the place where you were when you were much more in harmony. And once you've gone through that process, you can, you can return to the subject that you're, you're disagreeing about but and, and then, approach it a little differently. And what's different at this point is that you're a team and you're together. You, you feel together and you're looking at the problem as being outside of you two in your relationship. And you're going to both address it together as opposed to being on opposing teams and fighting for a certain way you the important thing is to feel unified and as connected. a couple and, connected. and and then and then you can as i said come back to it and and it's, come to a you know it's it's not guaranteed to work but it it really can bring the the level of of intensity down to a much more manageable kind of place. And what it does is it takes things that can be three, four hour discussions, whittle them down to 30 minutes, and then you, you have <laughs> more wonderful things to do with that extra three and a half hours. <laughs> you know can I what, ask you a, a question, a... though? Go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I'd rather go ahead. I go just, ahead. I'm curious about one thing, um, and I understand what you're saying as far as Sandra being um, a part of your relationship. How do you encompass that on your daily life with encounters with other people how does it help you mm. that's and, a great question actually um well i i think that it it's 
it's certainly in terms of our life together, it's very much, you know, our, we treat our relating to each other as kind of the core of our spiritual lives and, and bringing an attitude of reverence into our relationship and really honoring each other is, is so central to, you know, our everyday life that we then, I, I would hope, are empowered more to go out into the world and bring some of that same attitude to our encounters with other people. And so, you know, I think that, that worshiping each other gives us a sense of appreciation and, and honoring that goes beyond just our partnership. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you, you both have a website. What's the website? That's www.tantrapm.com. That's okay. T-A-N-T-R-A-P as in Patricia, M as in Mark, dot com. And there's a lot of information at the webpage. I've been there. Um, it's very interesting, very interesting. Oh, thank I you. Really, I really, really enjoyed this last couple uh, minutes of uh, conversation about the uh, relationship thing. Uh, I think that a lot of people can take that home with them, if you want to put it that way, and practice this, uh, you know, we hope so. I mean, what, yeah. Yeah. Because even in today's environment that we're living in, okay, there's a lot of stress going on. And uh, a lot of times we take it out on the ones we love and we don't mean to. And uh, so that that's a good way to uh, bring it back to, um, like you said, the way things used to be. Uh, I really appreciate that little bit of tidbit information you gave everybody. When, um, one of the things that we were going to hear discuss tonight was using Tantra as, I call it Tantra, I'm sorry, but uh, using it as magic. Um, that is a possibility, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, one of the things that also often gets glossed over in, in the Western, you know, interpretation of Tantra is that in in India and and at its roots, there's a there's a whole dimension of tantra which was really all about magic, and some of that magic could be you know very crude, very simple spell casting, um, you know, uh, using you know various parts of animals and or burning potions, you know or potions. Um, there there are whole texts devoted to. Uh, what kinds of activities should be done when one or the other of your nostrils is open? Uh, um, so where your breathing is dominant on one side or the yeah, other. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, so there's this vast kind of magical tradition within Tantra that doesn't get talked about very much because I think that a lot of people in, in the Western world have an idea that that magic and spirituality are somehow disconnected. and. Mm-hmm. And really, in, in the tantric tradition, they're they're not. Um, one of the things that that that's said in tantra is that it's both about the attainment of of um, power, spiritual power, uh, and of enlightenment, and that the two things actually kind of go together. Um, so there's a there's a distinctly magical element within tantra, and 
one of the things in our in our first book, The Essence of Tantric Sexuality, that we deal with in, in some detail, is a practical form of, of sexual magic ritual. Actually, ritual is not so important. You can, you can add ritual if you want. But in, in our approach, it's really the process that's the key. And we like to encourage people to start small. You know, we don't... Mm-hmm. We don't <laughs> as far as... Well, I mean, let's go to the definition of what magic is. That's the art and science of creating... Changes in conformity with the will. You know, Crowley's, Crowley's definition. We like to add... Uh, to that, that the changes can be either internal or external. It's not necessarily, um, you know, making, making, you know, creating world peace or getting a new car or, mm-hmm. you right. know, or, or anything, anything that that's, that's that outward. It can be um, just feeling, uh, feeling more confident and more secure in your life. And, and using, using these practices to create that kind of interchange is actually the most effective way to generate outer, outer change. change yeah. so, what makes and, that different than, you know, doing magic compared to this uh, regular, I guess you could say, session with Tantra? It's very similar, um, but uh, the, the key is... The intent? Using, I'm the sorry? Intent? The intent? What you... Not necessarily, no. The key is using the sexual energy as a way to supercharge your intent and your project. Um, it's, it's when, you're, when you're sexually aroused, there's two wonderful things that go on. First, your body creates a lot, a lot of energy. And that's a powerful force that a lot of people <laughs> build in their bodies on a daily or at least two or three times a week basis, and then they don't do something with it. Okay. And you can utilize it. So it's, you build that up. The second thing is when you're sexually aroused, you're highly suggestible. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in, you know, at the peak of arousal and into orgasm and just after orgasm, we're really, you know, we're not quite in a hypnotic trance, but we are in a state where we're much more open and, and suggestible. And so, I mean, for example, and this is a little bit of an aside, but we we encourage people to be particularly careful and kind to each other during and after sex. Um, you know, there's nothing that can be more lacerating than something. Uh, something a bit of criticism happening. A bit of criticism having. right after you make love, you know. Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. someone's performance or some sort of, you know, sexual request or something, then, oh, it can create, it's because somebody's very, very suggestible and you're, you've just gotten them with the message of you don't make love to me right at that moment. And it goes in very, very deeply. So if you have if you have something to say to your partner, some feedback to give about about something that that's just happened during lovemaking, save it for a later time when you can both be a little bit more uh, grounded and less vulnerable. So then, on the other hand, it's a great time to say, "Well, I really loved it when you did this, and I got tingles when you did that." You know, then you're encouraging your partner to, you know, on a deep, deep level to continue doing what you love. <laughs> so. Okay. But, but okay. from the magical standpoint, the, the thing is that we're in this state of arousal and therefore we're much more uh, open and, and able to implant, you know, what, what might be a creative visualization or a magical intention into our unconscious because we're, we're in this, this heightened state and we're open. So those are kind of the, the two things that, that happen physiologically during uh, during sexual arousal, 
And that's that's what makes sex magic such a, a powerful tool for, for working with because we, we have all this energy and we also have the suggestibility. So using those two principles, one of the key points to remember when you're practicing sex magic is to get yourself as aroused as you can become. You want to have as high, high state of arousal. Now, if your goal is something that's not erotic, and some of our goals are, you know, to heal someone, a friend of a, a terrible disease, that's not going to be what you're thinking about when you're either self-pleasuring or if you're working with a partner. You're going mm-hmm. to be utilizing um, or thinking about or fantasizing with whatever turns you on the most, utilizing any implements that will get you as turned on as high as you can go and with whomever or whatever, <laughs> however many that work for you on that level. But the, So the first thing is, and I, we're, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves <laughs> here, but the first thing is to set your intention and have a very clear sense of what that intention is. Because it's, sometimes when you're in a high state of arousal, you forget. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, you know, suppose that it, I mean, I'll, I'll be very specific. You know, it, I use this particularly with writing our second book. I used it all the time uh, to to help with the, the process of writing, and I would just visualize. I would have an intention of of writing the book, and I would create a visualization that would go along with it, which would just be, uh, you know, a few pages of text on my computer screen at the end of the day, or coming out of my printer. I I'd switch between mm-hmm. those things, and. Um, I would have that set before I started doing the sex magic, and I would know that this is going to be my my visualization that I'm going to use in the process. You then do what it takes to build the arousal and get as high as you can get for as long as is feasible for you. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, a half hour or so is optimal. Um, actually, a half hour or more is generally optimal because at that point we've we've really opened ourselves up and we've we've built a lot of energy in our bodies and made ourselves very suggestible. So right before or when you're at the high rate, a high state of arousal, and right the period before orgasm and the moments after orgasm is when you switch from your fantasy to your intention. And when you have that intention, Mark didn't just visualize a little. Uh, his computer screen at the same size that he is. It is. He visualized it the size of a football field. Huge, flashing, vivid, uh, larger than life. So, and the flashing is really important because that, that idea that it's actually a flashing kind of light will help implant it more deeply into and that, your that's unconscious. That's using, you know, uh, uh, things that encourage um, their hypnotic, hypnosis techniques using that. Okay. So again, you build yourself into a into a high state of arousal. You keep that arousal going for for an extended period of time. As you start approaching orgasm, you begin to flash your visualization. Okay. Hello. Um, oh. Yeah. I'm here. Is that our end or your end? Are you hearing it? Oh, there we there are. There we go. So <laughs> you flash. You flash that image as, you, as you're going into orgasm. At the moment of orgasm, the, the optimal thing, and this doesn't work for everybody, but, but the first choice is to hold your breath as you're going into orgasm and continue to flash the image of 
your intention as you come. And then we add to that that at the final, the final throes of that visualization, you exhale and breathe all of that energy that you've been retaining into your body into the flashing visualization that you have. So and then you really supercharging it. it. And then you forget your intention. You've done everything. In a matter of a few seconds, you've imprinted something on a very, very deep level, and you don't have to laboriously repeat your intention over and over throughout the day. It is in your subconscious, and it will start working. So that's that's kind of the the simple, you know, very simple and very powerful way of doing doing sex magic. Um, if the if the holding of the breath doesn't work for you, um, you should explore doing something else with your breath, but but using your breath consciously to direct the energy, because that's really a key part of you know what the breath is about. It's 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 a tool for directing energy within the body. So does and this make sense to you? I have a terrible feeling that we might have lost Ed. <laughs> oh, okay. But. but you still have me, and it does make sense to me oh, great. completely, okay, actually. That's... And, and I think that's time to get back on now as we speak. Um, but yes, we can yeah. hear you. I can there hear you. Are. Yes, there you are. But right. I do have a question. When you say you're focusing at that very, very moment, and your intent is to, you know, breathe out the energy, I, I, I'm a little foggy. It, at that moment, it, it imprints itself into your mind. Is that what you're saying? And, and it stays there in your subconscious mind for yes. for however long you need it until you're ready to use it. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, we, am I practicing we, that correctly? I, I'm not sure. We encourage people to stay with you know if you if you do this not to just do it once, but you know, to have that visualization and to work with it repeatedly over over a period of, of weeks or so it's like a week your project. or weeks, so that you oh. you keep on implanting this. And, and you know, if you just do it once, it's not that likely to be very effective. I you, see. I see. Do it repeatedly, but you only have to do it when you're doing this practice. You don't have to um, keep revisiting your your project. You over know, and over, over and over, over during the day. Because this practice just supercharges everything so much. I see what you're saying. So, in other words, at that moment, you're focusing on your project or your or your mind thought in, in in what you're hoping to achieve and accomplish. So that you're not constantly all day long trying to do that, but you you make it that moment, that time for that type of thing, so that it it, it eventually embeds itself into your subconscious mind. Right. Very you're not good. constantly yeah. harping on it. Okay, right. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's pretty challenging, really, because I mean, the, <laughs> to to have the presence of mind to really think about your breathing and to and to do the visualization the because it, when you're really turned on is not, you know, it's not that simple. So sometimes, it's you're, all, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it sounds like may, this. I'm sorry. It sounds like this is like where you would be after much practice. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you, we might. It'll take a, little, a few tries. Or, so you just know, to help out someone, right? So how, to help someone out who's just starting, and uh, someone that you might be just beginning to instruct, what would be a, 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 a way for them to start off slowly? And would you think a smaller project or something to focus on a little at a time until they can get to a point? I think that you know, a large, huge project that you might be working on might be difficult to attain in the very beginning. 
Yeah. Would you I mean, would we, you both suggest flying solo on it first, <clears throat> then working in with a partner? Yes. Or? Yes, I would suggest that. And if you are going to work with a partner, um, I think you both should agree that you're both working on the project together. Cause, you know, yeah. Because it you kind know, of because then out. you might yeah. check out at yeah. the end and they're like, "What, well, honey? Where did you go?" <laughs> yeah. 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 It's certainly it's it's much much easier to do this with a solo practice than with a partner because. There are so many other things involved with with engaging sexually with another person. If you're doing it solo, you can focus totally on your own experience and on your own, you know, the whole, the whole process, and not worry about the other person that you're in, interacting. Yeah. So, so yeah. you would so the suggestion would basically be for let's say a couple to kind of work on it solo, then come together at a later time where they feel yeah. comfortable with the ability to do it. Then now, to come, you know, on an individual basis, then come together and attempt it, I guess you could say. Yeah, a, and I, I mean, I think partners. one of the things that we teach in our in our introductory classes, and it really is kind of a, a preparation for this, is we we encourage people to first observe how they breathe when they're highly aroused and, and about, to, about to have enduring orgasm. And that that can be pretty challenging at first. So the first step is to notice and know what, what your, your normal pattern what your is. normal pattern is, and then when once you've noticed that, to to experiment with changing it. So you know you might breathe you might pant, say, mm-hmm. um, and instead of so once you notice that you tend to pant when you're when you're about to come, then you go okay I'm going to change that I'm going to take long slow inhalations and exhale deeply and slowly as well and see how that you know that changes your experience so the first step is to become conscious of the way you breathe and then and then to to make to alter it and that gives you a foundation then for moving into this more complex kind of process um and again if you're doing the sex magic practice you do it on a regular basis every day or every other day for for a week or more and eventually you'll get the hang of it. It might be helpful to write down your intention in, you know, two or three words on a piece of paper and have that handy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very effective if you, still effective, if you forget, you go through your orgasm. If you're still in that sort of lull post-orgasm, it's still valid to then visualize at that point. So because you, you're still suggestible, you still have a lot of energy in your body. So... Um, it's not, you know, if you missed your orgasm, yeah, it's not, I mean, oh, shoot, I missed that point. I've certainly had times doing it where I'm like, oh, I forgot. And then, you know, and then I'll do the visualization even though the orgasm is over. And it's, it still can be very effective. Now, is that information in one of your books? Yes. Um, it's actually in both. Um, okay. Both books. Yeah, I mean, the, the technique, the technique is, is described in detail in, in the first book, The Essence of Tantric Sexuality. And then in Tantra for Erotic Empowerment, we we elaborate a little bit further and we have a kind of an experiment for working with it. And as, as I said, that book is more of a workbook, so this it gives you a, a way to put it into practice and to do it for a week or more and to see how it works for you. Because, of course, okay. you know, it's only going to, I mean, your your results are going to determine whether this is is something that you you deem to be effective or not. 
Um, and you and you guys are speakers at different locations too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that people can see on your website, right? Where you're going to yep. be at, and 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 it's it's always uh, good to sign up for our newsletter, and that will mm-hmm. keep them really up to date as to what our schedule is. And your website again is uh, www.tantra t a n t r a p as in Patricia m as in Mark dot com tantra p m dot com. Now, is your your video is on the website too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because you do go into uh, you show examples of the of the looking into each other's eyes and stuff like that on there too. So uh, yeah, there's uh, a nice clip from a television program we did a couple of years ago in uh, Portland, Oregon, and and it, we demonstrate that technique. Um, we also have a couple of DVDs available that we made, uh, which are explicit instructional DVDs that are more about some of the sexual techniques. There's a great uh, massage. A uh, series of massage strokes that we learned from our teacher, and um, a system of working with the erogenous zones that comes out of a traditional South Indian um, approach. And those are called uh, tantric, advanced tantric sex secrets. That's the one with the erogen, or yeah, with the erogenous zones. And then the other one is called tantric sexual massage for lovers. And with the with the erogenous zones DVD, well, actually, it was a class that we taught. And after the class, one of uh, one of our one of the people that attended the class uh, came to us the next day, and he said, "You know, I tried that stuff out with my partner last night, and I felt like a magician. So <laughs> it's a it's a whole different kind of magic, but it's it's pretty delightful magic." At that. What is your schooling background in this? Um, because like I said, what drew me to have you on his guest um, was the video I seen. I could tell that, and going to your website, that uh, you guys are well learned on the subject. Um, a lot of schooling involved. I get is is that the proper word, schooling or train? We say training, really, or training, or, yeah, okay. or a study. Um, we've we've read a great deal. We've studied with some of the some of the Western teachers, um, but our, our primary teacher is a man named Dr. John Mumford, um, also known as Swami Ananda Kapila Saraswati. And he, although he's a Westerner, was trained and initiated in India. and um, Started his training in the 50s. Yeah. So he was going to India um, prior before to... Before it was hip. Before it was hip. <laughs> yeah. And um, he has training with uh, North Indian School of Tantra as well as South Indian School of Tantra. So. And and he, our first book is based on lectures that he gave in the in the 1970s, um, at an event called Nasticon, which was one of the first big um, kind of pan pagan events that Llewellyn mm-hmm. sponsored. And his lectures there really inspired a whole generation of tantra teachers. And they they had been available on tape for a number of years. They went out of print were were virtually impossible to find and and we wanted to make sure that his material was preserved and and also updated and made available to and attributed to, and attributed to him properly yeah so these were really authentic teachings it was probably the first time uh that an initiated swami had talked about sexual tantra in the west and they're just the material is just amazing 
so we, we wanted to make sure that it got out there. I'd like to thank both of you for being our guest tonight. And uh, it was very interesting. I think I'm going to do some eye-gazing uh, nice. and, and for this show. Uh, you up to that, Cass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, our guest tonight was Patricia Johnson and Mark Michaels, authors of the books Tantra for Erotic Empowerment and the Essence of Tantric Sexuality. And both books could be found on Amazon, too, I'm sure, right? Yes. Yes. Or you can order them from your local bookstore. Yeah, we really we like people to go to their local bookstores if possible. Okay. But yes, they are on Amazon too. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Thank for being you on. so much. Yeah, we, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, and thank nice you for the. You. Uh, excuse me, Kath. I said it was nice to meet both of you and talk to you. Thanks. Right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Have okay. a good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. How you doing, Cass? That was a very interesting conversation. I was actually, the you know, things that you forget, things that, you know, just like die gazing and stuff like that, um, and uh, different aspects of it. It's, uh, well, I think it's a pretty, yeah, they're well-versed at what they do and, and certainly understand it to a, a large degree. Um, the one thing, though, that I did get from it is there are some small things that you can do on a daily basis, but there's so much more to learn, and that's why I'm glad you gave the information where people, if they're interested and in wanting to learn more, can go and find that information from them. Oh, yeah, you, 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 you know, it wouldn't be fair to them to try to explain it all in uh, 40 minutes. That's well, I don't sure. think it's going to happen in 40 minutes, for no. sure. No. But I will but, um, say this one thing, though. I, I, I will say this. If you're practicing that much every single day, I think you're going to be pretty tired. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to say one more time, our next broadcast will be May 3rd. Um, and it's going to be an author on a book called Chaos Magic. Okay? And, uh, and that should be back. I don't believe she has anything scheduled for that date, so she'll be here. Um, and also I'd like to remind people that this coming Sunday I will be at Cigars and Stripes in Berwyn, Illinois. Details of Sunday the, or Thursday? Uh, Thursday. 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 Thursday yeah, night. Again. Say it again. Thursday night, the 23rd, I'm doing readings again at Cigars and Stripes in Berwyn, Illinois. And uh, Saturday, May 9th. Uh, and then and I will be providing a special night, a walk through a spiritual area near the Indiana Dunes. It's Native American land, and we will assist the individuals who participate in opening up and experiencing the spiritual spiritual side. Um, May third, hopefully, Annette will be able. To, we'll get more details about the location. And listeners, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed our guests. May 3rd, as I said, will be our next broadcast, and we'll end the show with our regular end-of-the-show song. Kathy, thank you for sitting in. Um, you did a nice job, kid. You did a nice job. Listeners, next time, remember, visit Paranormal TV 24-7. Just go to the unexplainedworld.com. A lot of work goes in, but the thing has become very popular. So go there and find out information on a half your website, 
the radio station, whatever, listed on the TV screen itself. And until next time, good night, blessings to all. And that's hopefully you made it home okay. Night all. Mm-hmm.